We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Three guys who combined to play 15 seasons in the National Football League trenches. Well, two guys. And Mackey, who didn't do shit. He just, he just sits there and looks pretty. This is the O-Line Committee. Who's ready for some dumb football questions? I am. This guy is. Yes. Pick Who's me. got two thumbs and a list of dumb football questions? <laughs> this guy right here. Tell right, me you got so, some good uh, ones today, though, dude. Come on. I mean, you'll I be the judge juicy. here. I want some juicy stuff. I feel like we, we might have to expand these episodes because we're getting we're getting more dumb more great dumb football questions than we usually do three per episode, you know, make them like 20, we, we 30 We get a little episodes. lengthy, too. We get yeah, a little we, lengthy on our answers. We could always tighten it up a little bit. We no, could, we I think it's great. That's where the stories up, come though. from. I know. That's true. Come on. That's true. That's you got to give we, me a minute to think about the situation. All right? Yeah, My brain let, doesn't work let, this let, We got to let the CTE wind down. Crazy. <laughs> Easy. Easy. How else do we get to stories like Jim Harbaugh thought that the Seattle hotel was haunted and throughout right. Fake that strategies. Was unbelievable. <laughs> We're going deep. The first play. <laughs> I don't tell anyone. Great, love that guy. It's my favorite. So oh, freaking paranoid. Dude. If you're yeah. new to the O line committee, you can hit us up uh, by subscribing to this YouTube channel and clicking the like button, so we can keep spreading the word. We're uh, we're pushing close to five thousand subscribers, so thank you guys. And then uh, you can also help us grow on the audio side: Apple Podcast, Spotify, five star rating. And a positive review. So, all right, let's do it. Here's the first dumb football question. Hit me. This is from Joe Money 877. Joe Money. What are some of the sneaky secrets to get away with holding as an offensive lineman? Sneaky secrets. I mean, there's no sneaky secret, but I will say there's holding on every play. Yes. I mean, I think that the that we were talking about this last night at football practice because it was our first practice. Mac, you didn't even make it. And I told the boys, listen. He's going to definitely run when he comes to practice because he told us he was coming, but he didn't show up. Everybody was all excited to meet Macadac. But I told him, like, my, listen. My, my dog, like, wouldn't – she, like, stepped on something and had uh, – I thought she, like, broke her paw, so I had to bring her to the vet yesterday. Oh, well, that's yeah. cheap. I don't know. It's a nice, Anyhow, cheap right? – nice, nice, cheap. I don't cheap want to know to what that bill is. <laughs> Nice ridiculous. cheap visit to the vet. No, but Why like don't you just keep him overnight about six weeks and, uh, you know – We'll see how it goes. Put a second mortgage out on the home. Right. But uh, like I was telling them yesterday, like we hold every play and there's a key to doing it. And it's you got to get the hands in super tight on the shoulder pads. And if you can grab the shoulder pads, 
like nice, just nice and comfortably, they're never going to call you for holding. It's when a defender starts to leave your grip or starts to run away and you can't keep up fast enough that your hands start to extend and they start to see like some tug. Anytime there's a tug on a jersey, there's going to be a flag. Guaranteed. No matter what happens. Unless you are way backside and technically you could probably get away with it if it wasn't on TV. Like you're so backside that you're not even on TV. They're going to be like, hey man, cut the bullshit. And they're real cool about it too. They'll tell you, cut it. Uh, but for the most part, everybody kind of gets away with it. You just got to be smart. There's there's two different, like, right? So you're talking about a pass play holding and a run play holding, right? In a pass protection, you're way more susceptible to holding because you want to have length and you want to have them away from you, right? You want to have extension as an offensive lineman. So, again, you have to have your hands inside. If you feel your hands outside like, and you try and grab it all, you're done for. But in the run game, the big difference is you want to suck them in close to your body. Right, So like, if you get up on a linebacker at the second level and you can grab them and you don't want to fully extend, you want to pull them into you. right? You want to have them engulfed because if you can grab them and pull them into you, then it, you're so big like than the linebacker. like You can't really see behind you, which is where those two refs are standing. right? They're back behind you now. It just looks like he's following you very closely. Right. You, just, you, have right. Him, you have him tight and you're just kind of running. And then if you by the time the ball should go, you just kind of let him go, then you're fine. right? But if you get fully extended on those guys because – linebackers want to do what they want to shock and shed right so they're trying to get extension so they're trying to get extension so that you have to yank on them but if you can get them in close and pull them in like i always used to love i used to do anthony bar all the time practice you should get so pissed i'd run up and i'd pull i'd hit them and then i'd pull them in and i'd headbutt them wham right you try and shock them a little bit so you and then you you just kind of grab them and like pull them in really close because the ball should be gone behind you really fast but it's when you get full extension on them that they're going to call you for holding quite often and that's another great point, too, is the ball should be gone right away. So by the time you make contact and finally hit somebody, the ball carrier's made a decision, and he's gone. You've basically stopped the defender from making the tackle, and that's about as much as you can do without holding him because that's when things get shifty, especially with linebackers. They are the shiftiest, smartest, slipperiest sons of bitches you could ever block. And I don't know what they wear, but they put something special on their shit, and it's really hard to block them at all times. Oh, and, like, gosh. you get in there, and it's like a kung fu match with their hands, and you're like, Dude, oh, I swear, I swear Keekley used to spray himself down with Pam. Like, I swear, kidding, dude, like, before a game, he had, like, Crisco arms. Like, you go to hit that dude, and just, you just, oh, shit. You just <laughs> slide right off him, dude. Like, True it was story. awful. I had to block him one time on a screen. And I, I re- literally had to grab him because he was so slippery. And, of course, yeah. he read the shit out of the screen. He's calling it for the play. You're like, God, count three again. One, two, three, <laughs> shit. All right, I'm going to find him somehow. So, like, I engulfed him, and we ended up getting taken out by the, the, by the tackle. And I ended up landing on top of him. And I swear to God, he is the nicest person you've ever met in your life like when you're playing him he will throw shots at you he's gonna try and like ball tap you he's gonna gouge your eyeballs out we were at the bottom of this pile talking about how he was from cincinnati and i was from cleveland (laughs) he was like hey be nice i'm an ohio guy be nice i'm from cincy remember i'm from cincy we started talking about the state championship and we started laughing and then all of a sudden next play he's like got his finger in my mouth like you like that you like that ohio boy dude jesus christ figure out my mouth creep I like it. it. (laughs) So you guys are, you guys are, it sounds like you're not, are you trying to hold on every play? Yes. No. I mean, not, not, we're not trying to hold. You're not trying to hold, but you're trying trying to to get a, you're trying to get a hold of someone. There you go. We're not, you know, I'm trying trying to to get a hold of I'm trying to get a hold of someone every single play. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Are there, are there times where, yeah, it makes sense to, you know, you're going to get called for a penalty. 
So you're going to hold to like protect your quarterback from getting I'd smoked? I'd rather get a holding there... penalty than a sack. I'd, I'd rather, rather get be a honest. penalty than a sack. But you know, Jay, that's kind of hard in the moment to think about. Like You'd have to really get beat. It's a, it's a clean beat. If you get it's a clean, clean beat, like, if beat you're laid you off would... the ball, you thought it was on two and they snapped it on one. And you know what you do is? is you try to like grab their pants or something. As you're spinning around, you're trying to grab something to try and like yank them back real quick and then try and get a reposition on them. But in yeah. order for that to happen, like Jay said, you have to be beat right out of your stance. And yeah. you're like, because if you're in the moment and you get beat a lot inside of a rep, but it doesn't mean that the rep is lost. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like there's times where they out leverage us and all of a sudden it's like, I just need one more kick, took it, I'm good. And then all of a sudden you you win the rep. But at times, like I wouldn't think as the reps going on, oh, I need to hold this guy, the quarterback's behind me. It's like only when I get beat right away am I like, Shit, I cannot yeah. let this because then what's going to happen? He's going to be rattled the rest of the game. He's going to think I'm messing up, and all of a sudden the coaches are going to be on me. So you're like, and there's some times where you can get away with it, but if a guy's running clean through and for some reason he gets pulled back, the ref is most likely going to throw a flag. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather take a holding than if I know it's going to be a possible sack fumble. Yeah, right. Like if you're if you're beat so clean or whatever it is, you get stepped on or something. You're you he's behind you. Like, yeah, I'm going to turn around and just try and yank on something, just to, even if it's going to be a hit, but, like, let's hope the ball gets out so it's not a disastrous play. Right. Yeah. And you're screaming okay. a lot, throw it. Throw it! Throw it! <laughs> uh, so Justin Smith used to make fun of us all the time. He'd be like, is it about to be a throw it practice? I think so. <laughs> He'd be like, dude, fuck you, man. All of a sudden, I'm like, ones versus ones! He'd be like, throw it! Yeah! <laughs> they knew, dude. They'd start scheming up twists. All of a sudden, they'd be screaming, throw it! You want to talk about the master of defensive holding? Oh, Justin Smith. Oh my Justin goodness. Smith used to run these TTs, and he would go and he'd throw this big, massive rip like he was coming up the, through the B-gap, and he'd just pin the guard's arm in that rip position, and he'd just tuck it. Boom! And you'd see so many times guys would be trying to pass it off, and like he's still driving up the field, so he's not pulling, but he's so strong, he would just be pulling the guard open. Like, the guard would just be like, you'd see his offhand, like, reaching for the twister, but there was just nothing he could do because he was the master of holding so, those tees. explanation about that is we – one of the reasons I was so good with my hands was because I had to practice against him every day. Yeah. And so he would practice that every day. And that's how I became so good at twist was I was like, okay, I figured it out. Just don't let him touch me. Easier said than done, but at the same time, it involves throwing these a lot, right? And so we would talk to refs, and I'd be like, question – clearly know this is happening and they were like but the problem is from behind it looks like a bull rush mm -hmm. they're like so we can't really tell what's going on and while he would he would come underneath and he would hook your arm and he would start to pick you up and i saw him pick richie incognito one time up off the ground because richie was talking shit and he was like watch this <laughs> and he turned into like fucking terminator mode dude he picked him up <laughs> grabbed the quarterback from over top of him slammed them both to the ground and was like don't ever talk to me like that again i was like that's my friend. I love him. That's my guy. <laughs> but like you talk about having to play a guy like this every day in practice, and then all of a sudden, now you see this move everywhere, and everyone's trying to emulate it. But that's a lot of the reason why Alden Smith ended up having 49 sacks in 48 games was because Justin was always out there with him, and Justin was a beast. But like you talk about the ability to pull people apart and move a protection, and like what they did was incredible, yeah, dude. I'm those two together were really special. Phenomenal player. And it's fun to fun to that when you would sit down and talk to him, he was like one of the smartest guys in the world. Like talk like a real redneck, but you know what I mean? Like he'd be like, now who got their 401k put away? He'd be like, <laughs> shut up. They'd be like, oh yeah. Justin's a beast with all this. Got all his money put away. He owns a golf course, owns all this, owns this huge warehouse. You're like, 
shut. So every day at lunch, you'd just sit around and he'd talk finances and be like, make sure you put your money in 529, okay? Pay attention. It's important. <laughs> like, shut up. This guy really giving his, out advice. With his Budweiser tattoo on his oh. arm. <laughs> hey, like a- he'd come up on game day and he'd be like, hey, coffee in his hand like five minutes before. He'd go, hey, you ready to go? Let's get, let's get out there and fuck him up, huh? That's fine. <laughs> Like this guy's got grandkids in the stands. It's amazing. He's a beast. Love oh my god! Shout out he's, to Jay Smith. Like we should, you know what? We'll get him on the show. I guarantee you, he he would love to come on and talk. He's yeah. got some. That's stories. actually a question I'd love to ask the audience too. Is you know we've just been kind of just kind of clowning around on our own here for the first four months, but it would be a blast to get some guests on. I don't know once a week, once every couple of weeks. Just do Absolutely. like thirty minutes, sixty the minutes. Question is, just, who do we lead off with? Because we got to have a banger to lead off with. I we'll feel like we got to. I mean, Love I feel like banger. I got some names we could call. We got some hey. names we could call. Well, when you say banger, do you mean like a headline name or someone? Because I feel like I met your guy Nick Hardwick for the first time. Mm-hmm. Former yeah. Charger Center could be a blast on a podcast. Oh, he would I mean, be one. Banger by a guy that can tell stories, isn't afraid to let it rip. Not necessarily a biggest name. No, like we don't the want guys, the, big, the guys that like are not afraid to get on here and just let it go. Like, but there's guys will get on here and button it up. And you're like, no, 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 that's not what we brought you here for. Right, we and we got names. We'll get some good guests, and okay. that's what would be fun is like some of these guys played 15, 12 years, and they did the dance for a long time back when there were no rules. And I want to get Joe Thomas on and ask him if he ever yelled at Johnny Manziel for watching zero. Dude, did you take, okay? Zero point okay. zero hours on the iPad. Hold what? on, save. Let's save what? that. I hate to do this, but let's save that for. We're gonna lead with that. On a different episode of Dumb Football All right. Questions. All right. Because Fire that was. Up. Fire okay. me up then. We'll get you know there what? going. We'll get okay. going for that later. I'm going to take a ding for this, but I'll text him right now and see if he'll come on. <laughs> I love it. I love All right. It. Here's All right, the second. Here, all right. Kevin Bach 3714 says, how much of an emotional impact. So this just a, fans and media love to talk about emotional win on a Sunday or a Monday night or whatever it is. And maybe, well, Monday night might be a different question. Cause it's like a, you know, uh, one day fewer of uh, prep or whatever, but how much of an emotional impact does a loss have on everyone during the week of the next game's preparation? Is that a thing? It, it depends on, I, I, it is a thing, you know, I, but a lot of it depends on time of year and a lot of it depends on the type of loss. Right, like, was it was it a super high energy game? Like, for example, last year when the Vikings got absolutely slaughtered by Dallas on what was it Sunday night, and then they had to flip around and turn on Thursday night. Yeah, like those type of those type of ass kickings, like those don't really carry over into the next week, right? Those ones are kind of like, yeah, we played like trash, cool, flush it, let's move on. It's the games that are down to the wire. For example, the Vikings Bills games last year. Right where you have the game won and it's this back and forth and then you fumble on the last play and it all like those are the games that eat at you the next week. So you're because like, you're still kind of thinking about yes, it. Yes, there's stuff, the 24 right? hour rule obviously, but some of those things linger big time. And I What's can say it, it, it even goes the. Other- <laughs> Sorry, I was t- I was really sending that text out. I was it thinking, was. I want to know about this Johnny Manziel question myself. What's we the- need to know. We're gonna the Johnny Manziel. <laughs> The Johnny Manziel thing is going to be our next episode. But that that might come out. That might come out before this episode, since we're pre-recording all this. But uh, the question is: Are you a boxer briefs guy or a boxers guy? That was the question. (laughs) It was about emotional emotional games. So you 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 win it. You have an emotional win. Is that a thing? Does it linger into the next week? Emotional loss is what you said. Gotcha, gotcha. But I I will say, I think emotional wins. Emotional loss. I think emotional wins are actually harder to bounce back from. 
Like when we were on that 2017 team with the Vikings, when we had that Minneapolis miracle, like it, it lingered. Like the emotion of that game, the ups and the downs of literally thinking our season was over to the absolute pinnacle highest high moment you can have as a football player, a walk-off touchdown in a, division, in a divisional playoff game in home after thinking all was lost. Like we were riding so high. Like I, that Wednesday, Thursday practice that week was not good. But what's it crazy wasn't. is like you guys, everyone internally, externally, the first thought after that was over was like, whoa, can't let it linger, right? right. But, but and you guys, but how, so you know that you can't let it linger. It but physically, like at that point of the year, you're physically already beat up. Emotionally, you talk about your emotional tank is now on absolute E. And you got to like, gear. I'll, I mean, I've, Wednesday practice was bad. And all of us knew it. Like, all of us came off, and we were like, shit. Like, why was that so sluggish? Why wasn't that clean? Why wasn't that crisp? And we kind of got ourselves back. But by that point, if you lose Wednesday, Thursday practice, like, you, you kind of go into the game like, man, I don't, I don't know if we're here. I don't know if we're ready for this. Like, there's just doubts, right? There's doubts in your mind. And that comes from that emotional win and emotional loss. Like, those things do linger as a player. Like, not as much. Like, you're not thinking about it, but it just physically wears you out a little bit. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. I think, like we said, the the emotional win is a lot harder to come back from because the emotional loss, you're just so mad. And so you're just continuing to roll that into the next week. And you're like, you know what? Fuck it. Here we go. We're going to do it again. Then we're going to do it again. I'm going to fight even harder. I'm going to get these dudes to fight. And everybody kind of feels it. So you're like, this. it's go time now. Like we went, and I remember we had a lot of emotional losses and you kind of come in and watch the film and you almost take all the criticism and you're like, give me more. I want more. I must have done something even more worse than this because I feel worse than how you're telling me. And you're, they're like, eh, guys, we were two plays away. And you're like, no, there has to be another thing. Tell me more. I want to learn more. And that, those are actually sometimes, and I hate to say this, but sometimes the best thing that can happen to a team is when you lose a game like that and you, all of a sudden you all come together naturally. Like, that's, that's some bullshit. We did. Yeah. We should have played better. We can do this better. And everybody just all of a sudden starts to be like, okay, no matter how hurt you are, you're not hurt anymore. Now you're fine. We're moving on from this. But it's like Jay said, you get that emotional win. And I don't know what it is, and I swear for years I've tried to figure this out, but it's something in the back of your mind that's like, we did it, man. Yeah. We did it. We, we geared up for this 60 minutes, and God damn it, we came out gladiators, didn't we? And then all of a sudden, the next week, you're like, we got this. We got No matter what you tell yourself. I mean, I remember thinking, like, dude, there's more. We got to learn more. We got to study more. We have to do another practice of, of team pass or another blitz pickup. That, and you're just, you can't get over it. It's because your mind in the back of it is like, yeah, we did that last week. We did it also, we, It also we is because up. when you win – the next game just becomes that much more important. So now right. there's even more stress and there's more like, especially if you're on like a win streak, right? If you're on a win streak, like the next game now matters that much more. And then you win again, the next, and like it builds up and it's an emotional thing that is a subconscious thing. It's not even really like Boone said, you can sell yourself as much as you want, but subconsciously there's something in there and every player will say the same thing. There's just something in there that your body can kind of start to like relax a little bit, yeah. right? Like, if you have five, six wins in a row, like you're feeling pretty good, things are going well, like there's a natural reaction is kind of, oh, I need to take a breath, right? When you have a big emotional loss, it's exactly like Boone said, like all that's gone. That natural rest, like it is now like F that, never again, pedal mm -hmm. down. 
right? But I do think the emotional wins are much harder to come over than the emotional losses. Yeah. Especially because I think that in your mind, you put yourself so much higher than you really are playing. And then mm. you watch a team that maybe you don't think is playing at your caliber. Or you're like, hey guys, our chemistry alone on this team would defeat that team. And then you get out there and you realize that that team's in a shitty slump and they're going through something really harsh. Because there's a an emotional Colts loss. 2016. Colts yeah. 2016. Like, there's an emotional loss and then there's a, oh, we got this. And the other team's like, oh yeah, you got this? Let me show you what we got. We got yep. something you don't even know about because now we're pissed off. And that's the whole dynamic of the NFL. And I feel like that's one of the components. And and Jay, maybe you remember this, but do you remember when, um, I'm trying to think, uh, the coach that took over after uh, Norv left, um, Pat Shermer. Oh, remember Pat when Shermer. Sh- yeah. Patty remember Shermer. when Shermer got up there that day and he told us like, hey, gentlemen, this is the game within the game. Mm-hmm. And he was like, a lot of people think they know the game within the game one of my things is like the game within the game has to do with this and dealing with these kind of situations and like you're dealing with an emotional loss and now this is the game within the game and this is what makes me a pro I have to hone in and no matter what my body says I have to be like no we're on it still or an emotional high we won oh this is great all of a sudden the game within the game is like hey I got to control myself I have to bring it back down I have to realize that this is week two and there's 15 more, right? Like, I can't keep riding this roller coaster. And that's really hard for guys to do. And I feel like that is why you see guys at week 12 start to really burn out. Because they've been riding the emotional wave of the season instead of going, hey, listen, let's not be stupid. This is week three. We lost a game. We're fine. We'll you see that? What we did. You we'll see that a lot with uh, right. college players that come from really successful programs. Oh, right? Co- yeah. college College players that come from teams that lost one game a year or – maybe never lost, right? Like, I was talking to Cordell last year after they started 2-3 and three with the Bengals, right? He came from North Dakota State. They won six straight national championships or something stupid like that, right? And he was like, man, I'm not used to losing like this. Like, what we – and I was like, man, you got to relax. Like, it's a long season, and everyone yeah. loses in the NFL. Everyone loses. It's a matter of, like, how do you get back up off the mat, right? right. Like, because you're going to get knocked down over and over again. And, like, that's something that you see players that come from Bama's, Georgia's, high-caliber teams, they struggle with multiple losses because they've never had to deal with it before um, in college. Same way with teams that come from bad football teams. Bad football teams that are used to losing all the time, and then they come in and they don't know how to handle winning. They don't know how to handle it week in and week out. They're just so excited that they won the game because like, it's unique to them. They're like, this is great. It's like, no, that doesn't matter anymore. you got to focus back in, right? You see a lot of young players struggle with that. It's like Jay said, the 24-hour rule. No matter what happens in that 24 hours, you can do whatever you need to do, but you have to shake it off. Like Even after a win, you have to shake off the win and be like, okay, it's back to work time now. And that's what I think is so pivotal for these young kids that they don't understand is they start to get all crazy, and you're like, dude, it's, it's like week four. We're going to be fine. Like The division's not even up for grabs yet. We're still trying to fight this fight. We're trying to figure out who we are technically. It's like like Cordell down in Cincinnati. They started two and three. We all knew they were a great team. They just needed to figure themselves out. And it's like sometimes you have to go through these growing pains and you have to deal with it. And the most important thing is that you don't get caught up in the media because the media is quick to start to pull you down and be like, oh, you guys have given up all these sacks or you're not running the ball and you just jump right in like, hey, listen, you know, and you're like, dude, chill. Don't give them any ammunition. Let them fight their own fights. No, give us, give us, give us all the ammunition. No. I'll, finish, I'll finish this question with this. I had, I, had an, I had a strength coach in college that had one of the greatest quotes. He goes, "Boys, you have to be a thermostat, not a thermometer." It's right? Like, and, and it's a great like visual of like, listen, you set the thermostat, right? And the thermostat stays at whatever you set it at. The thermometer rides the ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Like, you as a player have to be the thermostat, and no matter what, it doesn't change. And I right. guess something I tried to live by all through my career, it's a lot easier said than done. 
you know, but if you can always kind of recenter yourself, like, listen, it's still, it's still football. It's still got to go out and win every week. Got to prepare regardless of what the last week's scenario was. Like that's when you can start kind of putting it together and try and not ride that emotional high. That's a great way. So I don't know if we've talked about this on this show. I used to play poker for, you know, four or five years, like back in the 2000 sort of seven, nine before it got online poker got shut down in the United States. And uh, I remember I had a, a really good friend one time. We both were like playing poker for, we weren't like getting rich, but we were literally like, paying rent for years playing poker. We were like semi-professional poker players. And uh, he would just get pissed every time something bad, like a bad beat would happen or the cards didn't fall his way. And he'd like throw his mouse off the wall or whatever. And I remember, you know, kind of, we had a kind of a come to Jesus conversation just like this about thermostat versus thermometer. And like, Dude, like, if we're just going to get pissed after every single time, like, we need to go into the day expecting if we're going to play seven hours of poker, bad shit's going to happen for, like, 20% of it. Yeah. And we have to just sort of emotionally deal with that. And that feels like something that football players, that's the way you just framed it is if you can get that when you're 22 or 23 or 24 years old, you probably won't have the lapses when you come off an emotional, you know, win on a Monday night or something, right? It's just hard. You just have to train yourself for it. It's just hard to do. I need to tell myself that in my golf game because I am an absolute thermometer when it comes to golf. It's pure That's thermometer, dude. Though, dude. Pure That's thermometer. Different. The minute you realize that you're going to be – dude, even Tiger Woods in his prime has never been satisfied with a golf round. You know, no. So fresh. Now, Bryson DeChambeau just shot a 58 won a tournament, uh, live tournament the other day. I think that's probably the happiest he'll yes, ever be. That was incredible. But uh, All right. That's a wrap on this episode of Dumb Football Questions. Please continue to give us as many uh, ideas for dumb questions as you can. We keep stockpiling them, and we'll get to as many as we can. Uh, Like button and the subscribe button on the O-Line Committee YouTube channel. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.